kid. <laughs> and then I started playing with you.
Good morning, Grace Covenant Church. I'm glad you all could be here today. We already worship the Lord. He's a good God, is he not? Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we are just so thankful that you are not only the God who reigns supreme, high above, sitting on your throne in heaven, Lord God, but you're also the God who is here with us now, Lord God. It doesn't matter what we're walking through. It doesn't matter what problems we face, Lord God, that you are still God, that you are God in this moment. You are God in this place, Lord God. You are God in us. Lord, we are just so thankful that you are here with us today. God, as we work to bless your heart today, Lord, I pray that you will bless our efforts to do so. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Sorry, I had to wait for my computer to catch up. i 
couple of quick announcements for you. Uh, announcement number one, we have mana bags, mana bags available. So um, if you want to pick a couple of those up, they are in that red shopping cart right uh, to the right-hand side of the door. Also, we have an Easter survey that went out via email. So um, if you didn't get a chance to fill that out via email, we would really appreciate it if you could. If you don't have the link in the, your email, you can also pick up a hard copy just on the entryway desk. The reason that we put out that survey is just because we want to be able to serve you guys well. We want to be able to serve our, our community and our neighborhood well. So uh, please fill that out so we know how many services that we need to hold. <laughs> Also, um, we, like I announced last week, we're going to be doing an overcome group. It's a counseling group that's designed to help people of all kinds of various walks of life, everybody from people who just want to support other people to people maybe who are going through grief or other difficulties. Maybe you have identity problem, or sorry, maybe you're wondering about your identity or whatever. Whatever it might be, you're welcome to come and participate in this group. It doesn't start tomorrow, but a week from tomorrow. Um, it's $30. We're actually looking still for three more people in order to make that group a possibility. So if that's something that might be on your heart, uh, we'd love to have you there. Uh, it runs for nine weeks, and I think it'll be a really, really positive time. If that's something that you're interested in doing, you can reach out to me or reach out to my wife or reach out to the church office. Uh, we also have a quick video to show you what it's all about. I got involved with Overcome because I wanted to connect with people. For me, it's just been a great way to not even to help others, but to help myself. We all suffer, whether you're just going through a season or if it's every day, you struggle about things. You thought you were the only one, and then someone will say something, you're like, oh my goodness, like I totally struggle with that too. We're all suffering, we're all broken. There's a beauty to that, and there's a beauty to having a community that's gonna accept you no matter what. a safe place for you to just be you, whatever that looks like. Awesome. So yeah, let, let us know if that's something you want to participate in. And finally, we have a spotlight today. Um, Shelly Burdick and Katie Burdick, you are welcome to come up. Um, we are the new leads following Lynn Pott for the fellowship and um, caring ministries and there's quite a few ministries underneath that title that we just want to kind of go through and uh, single some people out and thank them for what they're doing in their ministries so without further ado first one I'm gonna touch on is birthday and anniversary cards as well as get well sympathy and congratulation cards so um, Mary Norton and Leslie Osgood take care of these, and it's just a wonderful way for us as a church body to reach out to you in times of celebration, as well as in times of healing, in times of hardship, just for us to come around you and just say, hey, we're here, we're praying for you. And um, it's just a wonderful, wonderful way to be present, even if not physically, but thoughtfully and prayerfully. Um, another kind of instance where this is uh, part of your life, both in good and maybe hard times, is Flowers. Flowers Ministry is um, head up by Lynn Pott, and she always sends just beautiful, beautiful arrangements to people in times where it may be a little bit more difficult um, in times of grieving and loss. Another ministry is Grief Books with Kathy Paborski, and um, what's wonderful about these is in times of um, loss, she puts together a great series of books that she will then send out to people 
um, when they probably need it most in just a thoughtful prayer. Another ministry that we have is prayer with Debbie Gilmore and Lynn Pott again. And um, they've had just a wonderful start to the new year with January being um, a prayer and fasting month, um, leading and just leading us all in prayer and fasting to see where God is taking us in this new year. And it's just been wonderful to see how God is already answering prayers and leading us through it. Okay, in addition, we're excited to, I have to take these off to look forward, um, we have Common Grounds back as of today, so either if you didn't get any coffee before, hopefully you'll be able to grab a cup after and enjoy some fellowship time that way. Common Grounds has been going on for a very long time, and Diana Moffat has been our head for that. And um, there's people that come alongside her and jump in and help out with that as well. So um, a hand to Diana for that. Another one is the meal train. And the meal train, headed up by Laura Lahr, is a, a very important ministry to reach out to people who have either had surgery, had an illness of some sort, had a, a death or maybe even a birth, um, a variety of reasons to receive a meal. And um, again, a variety of people jump in and, and provide meals in that way for, for our body. Uh, we also have the Connection Ministry that is headed up by Chris Norberg. Um, if, and again, we're in such a different time and have been for a year now, but if people haven't been coming to church or we haven't seen your face, then Chris Norberg is given names and reaches out to those um, individuals as well. Um, finally, we have special events, which is a huge um, piece of what goes on, and that includes any kind of potluck or, or um, a wedding, funeral, um, game night that we had last summer, that kind of thing. Um, so Chris, or Sherry Nelson, is the person who heads that ministry up. Um, there are just so many ways that all of these um, ministries reach out to people, and um, I would just be interested to know if you've, ever if you've ever received a card, raise your hand. If you've ever received a meal, raise your hand. If you've ever had a phone call come your way, raise your hand. And um, as I said earlier, I just know that every single person has been prayed for. And so at the very, very least, which is almost the very most, people receive prayer on a regular basis from this church body to each other, with each other. Um, it is a far-reaching ministry, far-reaching ministry, and we appreciate all the work that um, goes in from the heads as well as all the people that participate. So thank you very much. All right, stand your feet as we worship. Thank you. 
thank you for your presence here this morning. Lord, we thank you for your overwhelming love, Lord, love that seems foolish in human eyes, Lord, and human understanding. But God, we're so thankful that you pursue us in spite of all of our flaws, in spite of all our failures, Lord God, that you are ever present, ever in pursuit, ever building us up, giving us shelter, giving us a firm foundation. And God, today as the word is delivered, I pray that our hearts and our minds and our ears will be open to hear what you have to say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, let's thank the worship team for leading us into God's presence. And let's have the kids stand, and as we uh, pray a blessing over you, you can then head off to your time in Children's Church, okay? Lord, thank you for our children. Bless them. Give them a great time in your word with their teachers and each other. We pray this in your holy name, Jesus. Amen. Bless you guys. Have a great time together. Hey, want to thank... Um, Katie and Shelley for um, not only giving that update on so many great ministries, but um, coordinating that whole huge effort that uh, we have from so many different teams. If you're new here, you probably thought a couple sisters got up here, the Burdick sisters, uh, actually mother-in-law and uh, daughter-in-law. But thanks so much to them. If you're, also, if you're new, I'm Steve, the interim pastor here. And want to welcome all of you and welcome those of you who are on live stream with us today. Glad we have that way for you to have fellowship with us. We miss you. And I would like to welcome coffee to our fellowship today. So, it's, um, and thanks to Diane Muffet, as was mentioned, for putting that together. And, you know, it's kind of like a, a sign of hope, right, that, uh, that we're, we're moving toward uh, some COVID-free days. Not yet, but uh, we're, we're getting there. A lot of people have had vaccines. Uh, my wife had her second one uh, a week ago, and with her autoimmune disease, that's good news for our family. And, and by the way, in a, in a few weeks, uh, we have every hope and plan that, that she'll be coming here Sunday by Sunday with me. You'll like me a lot better once you met, meet her. Uh, but uh, thanks for your prayers for her. And... Um, what else to say here? Um, well, it is still COVID season. I mean, this thing hasn't gone away. So, you know, as we uh, move through this, know that we've just want to say that you may have heard that we, Jeffco County Health Department, has gone into what's called level blue, and that's good news. We're headed the right direction. Now, it still it still means just people have been asking this. Still means that um, it's wise to wear masks when you're in a public place. It still means that. Um, need to keep some distance, but uh, in terms of the, the health requirements, we're allowed to have 50% people in a room like this instead of just 25%. And uh, we felt a freedom to have the coffee back there and serve it in a safe way. But you know, as we think about COVID, let, let's, let's uh, from time to time pray for the families of half a million people. Um, you know, a lot of people die any given day, but uh, half a million more people have died in the last year because of this uh, pandemic. And, and so we, we certainly want to um, ask the God, bless them, comfort them, and use, use this disruption in their lives. Um, hey, I know Chris prayed, but I, I, I want to pray again as we get into God's word, okay? Uh, Lord, today we, we do thank you for your grace, your mercy. Today we thank you for your word. We thank you that you're not distant, you're not silent. And I do ask that you speak to each one of us. Give us an openness not so much to what I say, but to you. I do ask that we'd have responsive hearts 
that your spirit would take us from here to, to live out your promises that, that we'll attend to today. And we pray this in your presence and name, Jesus, our Lord, risen Lord. Amen. Hey, in the Bible, would you find uh, the first book, not too hard to find, Genesis in chapter 12. We've been spending time um, in this great story in Genesis 12 and following. And, and by the way, I'm going to have some scripture passages up here for you to track with, but not every one we mentioned. So especially today, <clears throat> it'd be good, whether it be on your phone or, or uh, an actual book, to uh, be taking a look at some of these passages. We're kind of we're looking at the big, big picture story of this guy named Abraham. But let me start with this, with a question. Are there any areas of life where you'd like to see something happen, even to the point where you'd like to make it happen? You'd like to make it happen. You'd like to be in control. Any area, and just shout out some examples. Like, like I'll give you one. You know, health. You want to make, make it happen, be in control, that everybody's healthy. But what are some other areas of life where you'd like to make something happen if you could? Any examples? Employment, yes. True for a lot of people. Decisions that people make that you love. Decisions that uh, people make that you love. You, we'd like to tell them what to do, right? So, in some cases. Yeah, which leads me to say, if you're a parent, you'd like to have total control over your children. And your children would like to have total control over their parents. Right? So, some other examples? And those are some big ones, right? Well, let, let me just tell you something. You are not in control. Did, did you know that? <laughs> and that could be discouraging, that you, you lack that sort of impact on this or that, even for good motives, out of good motives. But it's also kind of good news, because part of the good news, and we're going to see this today in the story of Abraham and Sarah, you don't have to be in control. You don't have to be in control. You don't have to make everything happen, and there's a good side to that, as we'll see. Uh, so, we've been looking at this story, one of the most important stories in the whole Bible. It's about this husband and wife, Abraham and Sarah, and they get this huge promise from God, a huge promise from God that they're gonna be blessed to bless the nations. But then, if you know the story, they have a really long wait to see anything happen related to that promise from God. And that leads them to, in all kinds of ways, try to get control, to make the fulfillment of the blessing that God had given, the promise that he had given, to make it happen. And that leads then to God showing up with his unexpected, disruptive, wonderful surprise. So let, let's, let's kind of trace the story. And it goes back to, chapter 12, that we looked at a couple weeks ago, the Lord had said, and this is one of the most important scriptures in the whole Bible, uh, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and all peoples on earth, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Blessed to be a blessing. It runs all the way through Scripture. It runs right into our lives by the Holy Spirit. Uh, but going back to Abram, as he was then called, he believes this promise enough that he packs up and he heads west. 
He goes about a thousand miles or so with his wife and his nephew named Lot. And he becomes famous as the great man of faith. But he's also just a man. He's an ordinary man. He's got struggles. He stumbles. He's like me and like you. And that is exactly where God is needed and where God shows up. Now, to anticipate the way his story goes, I have a little survey here. Take a look at this um, and, and ask the question very honestly with yourself. How do you tend to respond to God when he gives various promises? Uh, A, his offer can feel like it's not enough. Okay, God, what you said is great, but could you add this? Could you add that? Uh, B, it can seem like he needs outside help. God helps those who help themselves, as the Bible says. Oh, well, actually, it doesn't say that. But we, we sometimes act as if that's the case. C, his ways don't always make sense. Now, that's pretty common, right? Say what? <laughs> and, and, and D, his claims can seem hopeless. You wait long enough, like, wow, I, I just don't know if God's going to do it. Then E, God follows through in his way, in his time. Now, if we're given a theological quiz, you'd say, well, the correct answer is E, right? That's what God's about. And, and it, is, it is the truth of all these statements, um, as, as we'll see in Abram's story. But um, if you're going to move toward full faith, you've got to face honestly the ways that you're not there yet. You're still in process. And so I'd say all of us have been all over that survey. And actually, this is an outline of the story of this great man of faith and his wife, Sarah. We're going to see all these different responses in his life. So um, take a look at Genesis 15. God shows up a second time, renews this promise of blessing, not just you're going to get some land, you're going to have this great family. But the ultimate blessing, as we talked about, God said, I'm going to give you myself. I am your reward, God tells Abram. And that sounds about as good as it, as it gets. <clears throat> but Abram has a question. What more could you give? Because God, it's like, you, you're great, but you're not enough. You said I'd have a family, and my wife and I don't have any kids yet. Um, it seems like maybe you need some help, Lord. And th- this is the kind of response that, that, that comes up with the counterproposal. And so verse 3, um, tell you what, Lord, I'll make my servant Eleazar. I'll make him my heir so you can carry out your promises through him. Well, God says, nope, the heir will be a son from your own body, your son. Uh, Now go over to chapter 16. It's 10 years later. And we find this in in chapter 16. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne Abram no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave, perhaps I can build a family through her. Now, this is the 
kind of, well, God's kind of a slacker, so he needs our help proposal. Um, and Abram agrees. He, with the plan, he sleeps with Hagar. He, she gets pregnant, and she has a little boy named Ishmael. And an important person in this story, so remember that, Ishmael. Uh, well, Sarai's brilliant plan becomes kind of a mess. I mean, she ends up despising her slave, Hagar. She hates this little boy, Ishmael, kicks them both out into the desert. And while God does protect them, he blesses Hagar and Ishmael. He definitely does. This is not his plan. This is not what he wanted to do. So now flip over to chapter uh, 17. It's now 14 years later. In other words, 24 years of a kid being promised, 24 years of no kid showing up. Okay, that's a long time. And yet, up comes the promise again. God appears to Abram, who's now 99 years old, and he renews the promise. You're going to have a family. He even changes Abram's name from Abram, which means super dad, into Abraham, which means father of many, kind of reinforcing, you're not only going to have one kid, you're going to have all of these descendants that will be a blessing to the whole world. And the promise this time is, is not just for Abraham, it's explicitly also for his wife, Sarah, who's had no children all these 24 years. And, and here's what he says, verse um, 16. He says, I will bless her. And I will surely give you a son by her. Now look at Abraham's response. Verse 17, he falls face down and he laughs. In other words, you have got to be kidding. Well, this leads to yet another proposal. Verse 18, and Abraham says to God, hey, look, I've got a, I've got a kid. If only Ishmael might live under your blessing. I mean, God, if, if only you just kind of work with reality here. I mean, you, you gave me a son. Why can't this son? Why can't this son be the fulfillment of the blessing? Well, go to chapter 18 now. Once again, once again, God renews the promise of a child. And this time, Sarah overhears God speaking uh, through some mysterious strangers that showed up. And what does she do? She laughs just like Abram did, except this is not, this is not like, well, that's a good joke. This is more a laugh of kind of cynicism. I mean, kind of like her own body that's, she's in her 90s. This promise from God has gotten pretty old and worn out. And she's found it awfully hard to believe. Uh, it's like, no way. It just feels like a cruel jab that you talk about me having a child after all these years. Well, does this stop God? Take a look at, now flip over to chapter 21. And I'll put this scripture up here. Now, the Lord was gracious to Sarah. I mean, despite her disbelief, despite her almost mocking kind of laughter, the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter 
this time laughter of joy. God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. Anybody know what the the name Isaac means? Laughter. So by the way, if you know anybody that's pregnant, name idea, name the kid laugh, you know? I know you probably won't do that, but uh, that's the name of this, this kid. And today, if there's one thing I want to say, is that God wants to write that name over everything in our lives. He wants to write over our lives this promise of ultimate blessing to be a blessing, and he wants to then give us the laughter of joy from his amazing grace. I want to raise two questions to ask ourselves. First one is this. How are we seeking God's good? That's worth doing. But we're doing it in our ways. We're doing it in our ways, trying to kind of self-bless. You could say, what are the kind of Ishmael's in our lives? Uh, Where we we want God's blessing, we believe he's going to bless, but we're kind of taking control of that. And we're like Sarah and Abraham did. We're, we're, we're going to kind of engineer the results, the fulfillment of the promises. But then the second question, how, on the other hand, is God showing his way? Uh, his way, inviting us to, to trust him, to wait on him, to look for him, to follow him. Uh, not to be passive, but to put him first. Give him the first word. Give him the first move. Uh, wait on him, but then when he says go, you go. In other words... How are we letting our lives be more like Isaac and not Ishmael? How are we letting our lives have Isaacs that we receive from God, but then, but then see raised up in us and through us? Now, let me just give you a couple practical examples. Um, once upon a time, my wife and I, Darlene and I, had a car named Ishmael. Here's a picture of it. Uh, a 1989 Plymouth Voyager minivan named Ishmael. Why in the world did we name this car Ishmael? Well, it goes back to late 1989. We had meandered into a dealership. We had um, three little kids at the time, and, and we had made a, a vow when we first got married. Well, when minivans first came out, uh, we're not going to be like all those other suburban families and get a minivan. Well, then we had three kids, and we wanted a minivan. We needed a minivan. <laughs> But we were at least six months away from where it would be financially feasible for us to buy a new car. We knew that. And, but, you know, we were just driving down South Broadway, went into uh, Emick Dodge, I think it was. Learned today that, uh, that uh, Rob Kelly was the general manager back then at that place. <laughs> uh, small world. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't deal with him. But we were, we were looking at this minivan and the salesman, not Rob, but the salesman said, tonight, I can give you a tremendous deal on this car. Can't do it tomorrow. But anybody been in this situation? So what did we do? Drove off the lot with a brand new minivan. Almost instantly said, what did we do? <laughs> And we had ignored two basic agreements that Darlene and I had made when we first got married, among others. One was never, never make a major purchase on the first day 
you kind of think about it. At least sleep one night on it. I mean, we've had so many times where we say, oh, wow, what were we thinking yesterday? You know, but sleep on it. And more importantly, number two, never make a major decision together until you've gone to God first and, and just put it before him and give him a, a chance to either confirm it and give you some peace or say, no, this is not my best for you. We had ignored both of those. Now, now listen, for nine years, Ishmael was a great blessing for our family. It's not like God punished us. But part of the blessing was a tremendous reminder, a great lesson. Um, in everything, go to him first. Give him the first word. Give him the first move. He, he loves us more than we can imagine. And, and we might have a long wait, like Abraham and Sarah. It could be frustrating, but are we willing to go to him and, and, and trust him, to let him do what, what he's promised to do, but in his way, in his time? And, and, and by the way, when, when Ishmael got into terminal condition and it seemed like we needed a new vehicle, um, well, we went to God together, prayed about it, Lord, Seems like we kind of could use a new vehicle for our family of five. And, and we got another minivan, and, and we named it Isaac. Now, Isaac has also passed away in some, I don't know where he is. But, so I don't know, now, since then, we've, I don't know, we've, we've gone through, um, who knows, Joseph and Moses and Jehoshaphat. I, we, we've stopped naming the cars, actually. But, but, but you see what was going on there? You see how we kind of had an Ishmael thing? Good thing to have the car, but we kind of pushed it and it was better to wait for Isaac. Now, let, let me give one more life context, and that's our shared life and ministry together. Um, I once heard Larry Crabb, wonderful Christian counselor who actually taught over at CCU for many years, um, heard a talk where, where Larry was talking about two basic ways of doing church. And he said a, a very common way, and this is a caricature in a lot of respects, but it probably describes a lot of good American churches. At the driving center functionally is let's make something happen. Now, something good, but let's, let's us make it happen. Let's make it happen. And that leads to strategizing, leads to recruiting people to get on board. It leads to programs. Now, all that can be good. Uh, but uh, at the heart is we are going to do God's work, okay? And he said that's not the very best. Now, let me just pause and say a version of this. He didn't talk about this, but I would say a version of this, very similar really, is that uh, let's just keep things the way they are. Uh, that's the thing we're going to kind of make happen, so to speak. In other words, don't make anything happen except what we've already got. And in a similar way, we recruit people to essentially maintain traditions and the status quo. Um, I think it's, that's very common. Let me give you a, a kind of a fun example of that. When, when I arrived at the church, I served for 30-some years in Littleton, Centennial Covenant Church that this church planted back in the mid-'80s. Uh, just before I arrived, the, the 20 or so members had been kind of looking around for a parcel of land, of land and they found a jackass hill in Littleton. I don't know if that's an actual place uh, um, just east of Santa Fe and uh, north of uh, 
mineral if you want to go see it. It's a lovely view. Well, at that time, a few acres was for sale. So they were going to buy it, rename the church to Jackass Covenant Church, and the uh, mission statement would be, we shall not be moved. <laughs> now, we, we didn't do that. I think we could have attracted a lot of attention if we had. Uh, but don't you think that kind of describes a lot of Christians and churches? We ain't budging. We've got our way of doing it. That's settled. Don't try to change anything. I think that's kind of descriptive. Well, going, going back to Larry Crabb, these two things both have in common. We're, we're in control. We're, we're, we're doing church our way. And, and it's an exaggeration, of course, um, but I, th- I think there's a spirit of that that creeps in. Now, Crabb went on to say that there's um, another way of doing church where God is the driving center. Not us making it happen, but God in Christ by the Spirit, being known and being loved. And that leads to loving community together as, as a spiritual family. It, it then leads to a release of his gifts, not just us straining and striving to do this or that, but a release of his gifts. And, and that then leads to mission, ministries and mission, ministry within, but also mission out in the community uh, and the world. And I would say that the one kind of church is a sort of Ishmael, and the other kind is a kind of Isaac. Now again, exaggerations, it's more like a continuum that we move along. But I would say this, that having been with um, you all for almost six months now, I'd say the heart and vision of Grace Covenant Church is Isaac. Let's not just build our church, let's let the living Lord build his church. Let's seek after him, let's listen to him, let's do our very best by the power of the Holy Spirit to follow him in all ways. Let's be open to his surprises. You've had a bunch of surprises, haven't you? Some have been kind of painful, but I think you could look back and think, wow, I didn't expect God to do that wonderful thing. That's the way he tends to work. Uh, but, but I think we have to admit, it's, it's pretty easy to slip back into an Ishmael kind of life, and including church, where we kind of grab control and maybe for good motives, but it's less than the best. And, and, and so, so my reminder to myself and word to us as a church is to, well, it, it's expressed, I think, pretty well in our mission statement that we're all about following Jesus. We follow Jesus, the living Lord of all things. We follow Jesus at the bottom there, to, to live out his good news in the community and world, to live out what he's loving in. And, and that includes loving God and connecting together and growing in his likeness and serving with his gifts. Let's just, let's just take that seriously. Not so much the mission statement, but take the living Lord seriously. And um, I tell you what, as we do that, as we let him lead, as we let him surprise us, I think it's going to lead to some spirit-filled laughter. Not just because something's funny, but because God is so good and he's so gracious. So let me, let me ask again. 
How are we seeking God's good by our ways, trying to self-bless? What are our Ishmaels? But then how is God showing us his ways, inviting us to trust and to wait on him, to watch for him, and to follow him? Yeah, as we, as we close now, I want to um, invite you to, just in your heart and mind, place yourself in the presence of Christ. We are in the presence of Christ, but just be, be very intentional about that. <clears throat> and let me give you a simple way to respond. Let me encourage you to <clears throat> free up your hands and to put them in a fist initially and ask this question. Jesus, would you show me by your spirit what I'm hanging on to, what I'm clutching, what I'm trying to control, what I'm trying to make happen, or what, I, what I'm desperately trying to grab? And maybe it's not so much desperate, but it's an undercurrent that's very strong. And, and ask the spirit to make that as specific as possible. I've got a couple things in my mind right now. As those things come to mind, can you, can you just acknowledge, Jesus, I am hanging on tight. They're not bad things necessarily, but, but I, I'm the one that's just got a grip on it or I'm trying to grab it. And I, it's kind of got a grip on me. Can you just acknowledge that? And then as you do, can you then just... Just open up your, open up your palms. Sorry guys, I gotta hit, there's a slide there that I think could be helpful to people. Can you open up your palms? Just open them up before God and say, Jesus, would you help me to release this to you, whatever I'm clinging to? And would you enable me to receive Whatever it is you want to, to do in me and through me, I offer what I'm clinging to you, but I open myself to receive all the more of you. Oh, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. You're here. Would you move now in each of us and all of us together? Bend us even break us out of your absent love. Lord, would you take us deeper into your holy love? Would you expand us? Would you move us in your surprising ways to know your your absolute blessing that we, by your mercy and grace, by your spirit, might be a blessing. God, I thank you for this, this family of believers where your blessings have been evident. So many stories can be told of your faithfulness. I do ask, Lord, that that blessing would sink in all the deeper, that Grace Covenant Church 
in the days and the months and years ahead would be all the more of your light. Lord, your, um, your salt, your, your bread of life. Lord, your love, your love being poured out to us and through us. And we pray this with thanksgiving and expectation in your holy name, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 
hey, today uh, it could be that you'd be really wise to take advantage of being with family today and, and uh, ask someone to pray with you and for you. Or, or simply to share, here's how God's been good, and it would be good for you and encouraging to them. But um, I, know, I know, you probably know people who love to pray with you. Uh, but I, I just wonder, are there at least a few of you that, that would raise your hand real high and say, I'd love to pray with somebody. Okay, just look around. You can see, see at least four, five, six people. So just, you know, find them and just say, hey, would you pray with me about such and such, okay? Let's uh, minister to each other in that way. Um, let me also encourage you, if, if maybe there's somebody you've never met or haven't seen for a long, long time before you go to your best friend, maybe just greet, greet them and, uh, as a way of blessing them. But as you go on your way, uh, may you all be fully blessed. And remember that we're blessed to be a blessing. And may that happen in God's way, in his time, for his glory, the world's good and your joy. Amen.